Thank you, Brother Urshan. And we feel like that the Lord has set the stage tonight for his word. Thank the choir for that song. I needed that. And uh, how it happened that that worked that way, I don't know. But I'm almost put to sleep every night by that song. And it rests my soul. Brother Whalen talked about there's a lot of people only know one way to worship. There's as many ways that God can bless you as there are moods within your entire makeup. The spectrum can run from the joyous to the tears to whatever. Amen. I think we ought to know all of them. Bless me in every way I can be blessed. Touch me in every way, in every mood, in every realm, in every sphere. By the time I get to glory, I want to be familiar with every one of those moods so that when I walk into his presence I'll know exactly where I am and what's going on. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Urshan, and uh, I appreciate the preaching of this general conference, and I will not disagree with what has been preached. I only want to stand in line and say, count me in. Amen. And uh, I'll try to... Well, Brother Urshan at a, uh, a prophecy conference one time gave me a compliment. He called me a motor mouth. And uh, in other circles, that wouldn't be a compliment. But between us, it was a compliment. I think it was a compliment. Well, yes, I understood that as a compliment. All right. And uh, I got a lot to say, and I don't have much time, but I'll try to slow down and talk where you can understand it, all right? But I promise I won't keep you too late. God bless you. You may be seated. And uh, we uh, thank the Lord for our brethren on the platform. I could spend a lot of time. They know my appreciation for them for they are my friends, all of them. And uh, our general superintendent, I told him the other night when he got through preaching, I believe that was one of the greatest that I'd heard him do or that I'd ever heard. And I mean that. I feel like, uh, I, I told him, I said, the uh, experience that you have uh, just had in Russia your father being there so many years ago and uh, the gospel continuing and now you're able to return, that's got to do something to you. That's got to mean something to you. And I said, in my eyes, it's an apostolic activity. I believe it's an apostolic activity uh, that has happened here in our time. I'll probably be saying something about Russia tonight, or perhaps, but uh, nevertheless, I feel like that God has used him, and also my own district superintendent, Brother Tinney, uh, has also been there and uh, that part of the country, and we feel like that God is doing great things. Say, praise the Lord. 
Amen. Would you like to hear the word of the Lord tonight? Thank God. It's not necessary that I preach. We've had plenty of good preaching. But uh, if you would like to, I'll just read some scripture here and then try to keep it to a moderate uh, speed if I can. A lot of requests. Some want me to pre preach prophecy. And uh, several of them said, I don't have any agenda for you, but I do have some notes in my pocket and uh, offered me some notes. So just a lot of good help that has come from that. But I'm going to the Word of the Lord tonight. I'm going to be reading from the original uh, Greek. And in fact, it will be my pleasure to read to you from uh, uh, the oldest manuscript that we have of the book of Revelations dating almost to the time of John. And it is my privilege to have been able to work with this particular Papyri 47, Chester Baby, for some 20 years. And uh, I, as I said, it is the oldest um, manuscript that we have of the book of Revelation. You figured I'd go there, didn't you? Nod your head, shake a bush or something. Let me know that you figured that. And I am going to the eighth chapter of the uh, book of Revelations. It will sound a little different. Translate as I go, and I have to turn it around for you. In uh, Apocalypse Heon, from the uncovering uh, of Jesus Christ, the eighth chapter, and when the seventh seal was opened, there happened in heaven a silence about a half hour. And I saw seven angels which stood before God, and there was given unto him seven, or to them seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood upon the altar having a golden censer, and there was given to him much incense in order that he may offer it in the prayers of the holy ones upon the altar, the golden altar, which is before God. And the smoke went up of the incense in the prayers of the holy ones or the saints out of the hand of the angel which is before God. The angel filled the censer and uh, took the censer and filled it out of the fire of the altar and threw it into the earth. And there happened brontai, thunder, phone voices, a strepe, lightning, and seismos, from which you get seismograph, earthquake. I give you tonight, for the sake of remembering, the silence and the thunder of prayer. The silence and the thunder of prayer. Everybody say, God bless your word. God bless your word. You may be seated. 
I'm going to ask you to think with me for just a few moments, and then you can let your mind roam and uh, wait for the current of the Spirit to bring it back in, if it can reach you. But the uh, second verse belongs and is in many manuscripts before the sixth verse for the introduction of the seven angels that were to sound their trumpets. There were no chapters and verses in the original. Therefore, the seventh chapter only continued. It's called Scriptural N.A., continuous writing with no punctuation whatsoever. So the eighth chapter is actually a continuation of the worship which you see in heaven in the seventh chapter. And the strangest thing happens. The, uh, there is another angel, and the antecedent to the other angel uh, is found early in the seventh chapter where they are all around the throne, the church, the uh, angels, the uh, all creation in worship. And now this particular angel, another angel, took a censer. By the way, there are about uh, 15 Old Testament items used in the book of Revelations. Uh, and its worship is, is quite amazing. The book of Revelations is a new bottle for new wine. It is neither Old Testament nor is it new. Nobody is filled with the Holy Ghost in the book of Revelation. Nobody is baptized. There is no longer the Son of God. He is not called the Son of God after the fourth chapter. He is called Panter Crotera, the Almighty, in the book of Revelations. He is called that which was and is, the original says, and is about to come, the Almighty. Until you get to the 16th verse, the original says, he who was and is and has taken great staying power unto himself. He has already come. But this angel takes a censer and fills it with incense. And these are Old Testament uh, uh, utensils. And uh, the fire that's from the altar burning in the censer, and there is the incense that is put on them, and begins to wave that throughout all of the courts of glory. And a beautiful smell fills the entire perimeter of the throne room. But what is amazing about this smell and this incense, it is the prayers of the saints of God. The angel takes an incense of prayers that have been bottled up in what is called fialas, later on called vials, but the same instrument of worship holding the incense. In that bottle are the prayers of all of the saints of God. 
And when that smell begins to waft through the throne room and before God, everything grows totally silent. Songs are stopped. Praise is hushed. Everything is quiet. When everybody realizes that the smell that is permeating the atmosphere is the prayers of the saints of God of all of the ages that have been bottled up. I have heard about this half-hour silence all of my life. Everything from taking up an offering to shaking hands with Peter, Paul, and whoever. But if you will understand the placement of the verses and scriptolina, continuous writing, you will see that it is a continuation of the worship of all of the creation. But an angel with a vial stops everything that is going on, and there is a memorializing of prayer throughout the entire area. Praise God. The silence of prayer. Stand with their hands to their side, and everybody grows totally quiet while we sense and smell prayers that have been kept in a fialis for all of these thousands of years. Then the angel takes the censer again, and he fills it once again with new material, new fire from the altar, and puts again the incense on it. But this time is an act of desecration, an act of anger. And the prayers that were in the Phialus, the smell and the fire of the entire censer is thrown unto the earth. And the smell of the prayers of the saints that had caused heaven to be totally quiet, when it hit the earth, had a totally different effect altogether. When it hit the earth, the prayers of the saints, there was bruntai, which is thunderings. And then there was a strepe, which was lightning prayers of the saints, please, that caused it. And then the old earth began to shake and began to reverberate, and she began to split and rock. And then the most curious thing of all, right in the middle of it, they hear the voices of the prayers of the saints of God that have been prayed throughout time. The silence and the thunder of prayer 
If you want to know what is most important about you and I before God, if you want to know what is memorialized forever, and what finally becomes the scourge of the earth, it's the prayers that we are able to pray. The same thing happens in the fifth chapter preceding the seals. This is before. In fact, before every major judgment is poured out upon the earth, the seals, the trumpets, and the vials are theolous. Before every one of them, there is a representation of the prayers of the saints of God that emits throughout the throne room and is heard and affected upon the earth. In the fifth chapter before the seals, it is not cast into the earth, but the angel just swings the censer. And it says that in that censer are the prayers of Hagoi, the Holy Ones. But that smell is recognized through heaven. And without mention of the earth, nevertheless, there was once again thunder, lightning, and voices. The same thing happens in the 16th, 15th chapter, over into the 16th chapter, under the vials. Now, in each step of this memorializing of prayer, in each step it grows worse and more desecrated in each step that the angel takes. Before the seals, it is only smell, but there is the repercussion of thunder and lightning. In the eighth chapter that we read tonight, we see where that the angel does a little worse to take a censer of altar, of, of incense, and throw it somewhere is an act of desecration. That's supposed to be weighed. So the smell will waft throughout the entire area. But in this particular time, it is an act of desecration. These prayers that you did not like, these voices that you did not like, it is thrown to the earth, and as I read you, the earth begins to roll and heave and pop under the sound of the voices of prayer. But in the 16th chapter, it is not waved throughout heaven, but you've got the same thing there. You've got a smoke, and if you'll read the 8th chapter, the smoke always comes from the censer. The smoke fills the temple again, so that nobody can minister, nothing can be done, not a word is said. You have, in effect, in effect, the same thing happening under the vials that you have under the trumpets. You have the same thing happening, only here it is not depicted 
that it is waved throughout the throne room. It is simply thrown to the earth in the utmost act of desecration. And when it does, once again you have the most horrid judgments that are upon the world that have ever been under the Theilus prayers that have been saved in a bottle. The reverse effect upon the earth. Everybody say it with me tonight. The silence, silence. and the thunder, a prayer. Everybody that ever prayed a prayer in your life ought to be saying with me tonight, the silence and the thunder of prayer. I don't care how little a prayer it was, it's in a bottle. I don't care how greatly or less great it was fulfilled, it's in a bottle. God has it all bottled up. I don't care how stony and how brass it was, it's in a bottle. I don't care how breaking your heart or how joyous you are rejoicing, it's all in a bottle. I would like for us tonight as the church, and I do believe that I am speaking to the greater aggregation of the church of the living God on the earth today. I still believe in the United Pentecostal Church. And I, but I want us, if God will help us to understand that there is nothing important about us so much as the prayers that we are able to pray. Amen? Nothing is that important. And God uses smell. It's a strange thing how that God will use every sense. I'll say again, I feel sorry for folks that only know one way to get in the presence of God. I feel sorry for them. I don't say they're not saved. I don't say they're, they're less than anybody else. I'm just thanking God that there have been times when I swung from one extreme in the presence of God to another one totally all together. In fact, I am believing that like the Spirit, which is unseen, which is invisible, intangible, but can be detected in a moment. So the Spirit of God is among us. Without feeling it or seeing it, you can smell it. Amen. Ah, did you know the world uses that? I saw a sign the other day on a used car lot that said, Come in and smell our new cars. I said, that's a dirty deal. You know that? I mean, they know you want a new one anyway, and you get in there and they show you this thing. You compare your old jalopy, and you kick the tires, and everything is bad. It's just something about it, our nature. We're gonna... But I'll tell you when they get you, is if they can get you to open that door and get a whiff of that new car, uh, how much is it right here? What can I get it for? Smell is used every way. Let me tell you that God has used smell as a type of the connection of the Spirit throughout your
your Bible. Check it. The word theomaton, which is used for incense and censer, was prayed by David, let my prayer be as incense before the Lord and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Praise God. Read, if you will, how that the Lord gave Moses the instruction that they were to make a special anointing oil, a confectionery, a perfume, if you please, that was never to touch the flesh of any man. It was just to be set in that tabernacle and smell. When you made it, you don't make enough to put on other people. It shall be expertly in the art of the apothecary. It shall be blended. Amen. It shall be used morning and night so there is a beautiful smell throughout the entire area. And if we were to take time, I would show you each ingredient of this particular perfume and how that there is in prayer what each one of these elements represent and are. All the way from the simple drippings of a gum tree to the going to foreign lands and taking of a rare mussel shell, a clam that was used in making this. Everything from the everyday to that which you've got to travel beyond yourself to find. To get outside of yourself. Something that you can't find everywhere. We know not what to pray for. As we ought. But the Spirit helps our weaknesses. With groanings that cannot be understood. We use the 14th chapter of the first book of Corinthians to do a lot of correction. I wish we would use it to show what God is really doing with it. Paul said, when a man speaks in tongues, he is not speaking to man. He is speaking to God. And here is a text, brethren. In the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now look how many times Paul had to say, this is a mystery given by the Spirit. I am of the opinion that when you speak in tongues, you are speaking mysteries before God, and you may have to do like Paul, who said and said, pray for me that a door of words will be opened to me, that I may speak the mysteries of the Spirit that have been revealed unto us. Hallelujah to God. I don't know about you, my friend, but I believe there is a smell that should be in the house of God that is old-fashioned. Has nobody's personality in it whatsoever. Amen. Nobody. No flesh on it. Not a bit of flesh in the world that you're going to put that oil on. It's going to touch only this place before the order of God. And people are going to smell that everywhere. Amen. The silence and the thunder of prayer. Now listen. 
I will say again, prayer is memorialized throughout heaven and throughout the book of Revelation. Read it again in the 11th chapter when the nous, which is the inner court, is opened in heaven. There is thunder, lightning, and voices on the earth. There are times when heaven is depicted as opening up some degree to the inhabitants of the earth. But whenever that happens, the people that are here on this earth have the strangest experiences that you could ever imagine. I, for one, would like to be familiar with the odor of prayer. Praise God. And we could, as I said, do a lot of defining as to what is prayer. But let me try to help us. I have no criticism for anybody. I am not against any preacher or anything that has been preached here. I'm not even thinking of anything that has been preached. But I want you to know one thing. That it's easier to praise for an hour than it is to pray for an hour. We stand and clap our hands and everybody say, Praise the Lord. Amen. Say, Praise the Lord again. Praise the Lord again. Praise the Lord again. We can do that from now on. But that's not what smells through heaven. And that's not what's shaking the earth. This is a perfume that you don't put on strangers. Amen. Hallelujah to God. There is a difference between praise and prayer. And if anybody leaves here and says I'm against praise, you're nuttier than a fruitcake. But I'm telling you that there is a difference that God is showing us throughout His Word that it is the ability of Hoi the Holy Ones, to get on their knees and start saying things to Him and to God that smells throughout the entire area. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reminders of prayer are there. I'm going to get to what it does to the earth after a little bit, but I want to remind you again. There's a lot of people all over the world that's saying Jesus is Lord. I'm not picking on them. I'm glad for anything they do. I remember Elder Gidrow said years ago to us as young ministers, he said, I want you, when you see every old church building standing empty, to remember it represents something somebody thought good. Amen? We're not saying they're saved. We're not saying they were right. But there was some good that men wanted to express. And thank God for all of the praise that everybody is doing. One of the struggles that we have is that it is uh, very possible that we can minimize the good of that praise by it being so familiar. But I'm going to tell you what they've never learned, and that is how to mix this expertly blended perfume. 
that is just before God. Hallelujah to God. They've never learned how to do that. I'm telling you right now, prayer is what God honors and is going to honor throughout the ages. I ask you a question, not in criticism, but in a searching of our heart tonight. Are we spending more time praising than we are praying? Amen? And I, I can't think of a single service that I would pick out to illustrate, but I've been in them as much as you have. And I know, let's all stand and pray. Don't do it. All stand and praise the Lord. I've been there where we spent time. And we as preachers do that. I'm guilty of doing that. Oh, I don't think there's anything wrong with starting church and saying we're just going to have prayer here until something else happens. I may be by myself, but I've seen it happen. And I've seen God get a hold of that prayer and begin to shake outside of the church of the living God. May we never forget the ability to expertly blend those things that are familiar. Droppings of the trees, the gum of the Gebnuman tree. Nor forget the stecte, which is the muscle which comes from an obscure lake in India that is mixed with it. Nor should we forget the other, which is a tree that is cut and you siphon the juices from that, there has to be a cutting and there has to be an operation and take that fluid and blend it. And then there is the last one. It doesn't smell good at all. But the reason that it frankincense is used is because it's the strongest one of all. It doesn't smell good by itself. But when you put it with the others, it makes everything last a whole lot longer. I heard that they like to make take skunk juice and, and use it in perfume today. Evening in Paris was one time uh, the outbuilding uh, with uh, the polecat, you know. The reason they use the polecat and the skunk is not that it smells good, but it stays around so long. You, you understand what I mean? It's not something that you just like, but it has this ability. In fact, you, you just might have to bury the clothes you got on when you make contact with it. God says that in this perfume there is one element that it doesn't particularly smell good by itself, but it's strong. And when you mix it with the other exotic elements, when you mix it with all of the praise and all of the prayer, it'll make everything that you pray stay longer. Hallelujah to God. Amen. Oh, my friend, I want my son to read for me tonight. He's going to read uh, from the Greek text. All I've got time for, if you don't mind. And Paul tells us, in fact, that the church of the living God has a particular smell about it itself. All right, read it to us, if you will. Thanks be to God. Uh, you got him on? But thanks be to God. Who always continues. You haven't got him on. Who always continues us. Leading us in a triumphant parade in Leading Christ. Leading us in a triumphant parade in Jesus Christ. A friambos. Thank God through Jesus Christ who continues leading us in a friambos, a triumphant parade in Jesus Christ. You know what he's talking about? 
He's talking about the parades of Rome. The last one was in A.D. 55, given to one of their generals who conquered. All of Rome turned out. The emperor turned out. And the main thing was there was incense that was put along the Via Sacra so that everyone participating in that parade would be able to smell that parade from now on. Flowers sit in the air. Thanks be unto God through Jesus Christ who continues it is durative and linear so the action keeps happening. He continues leading us in a triambos, a triumphant parade in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to God. Our general has just come home and the armies are behind him and we're marching triumphantly. Thanks be unto Jesus Christ and all the time there is this smell about the whole thing that's going right along with us. Hallelujah. Read it to me. Now there are some captors that are following. We've got kings. We've got gladiators. We've got soldiers behind us. Thank God that we have been victorious over. They're following us. Praise God. But we thank God for our Jesus Christ, who's always the leader in our three ambosies. Hear me what he says. And we are the aroma of God. We are the aroma of God. It is actually the aroma of the gnosis of God, the knowledge of God in every place. We are the smell of the knowledge of God in every place. Now it's going to make a difference who you are in that parade, how it smells to you. But you see, you'd march in that parade and these captives were brought before and down the Via Sacra to the foot of Capitoline Hill and there is where the emperor would stand and there would be a judging on the spot to some they were set free as was the case of one victorious man and his entire family that was set free another captive came along and he was sentenced to death from the foot of Capitolini Hill, one went to salvation and the other went to their death. Listen to what Paul says. This Jesus Christ always leads us in a ambos, in a victorious parade. And we are the knowledge and we are the aroma of God in every place. And we smell like different things to different people. Here is the way he said it. Because we are a sweet smell to God in those who are being saved. To God we are a sweet smell to those that are being saved. Everybody that can remember the three ambos can lift their hands and thank God because when they came before him they were set free and were made Roman citizens at that time. Amen. To some it is a sweet smell of salvation. But what is the rest of it? And in those who are perishing to the latter, they are a smell out of life and to life. Wait a minute. But to those who are to perishing, they have their part. Then he says, the former are those that are coming out of life into life. If you want to know what we're doing here tonight, we're moving from life to life. Right. Hallelujah to God. Right. Not life to death, but is ek out of the on into life. We're coming out of life and we're going into life. That's what this smells like to me right here tonight. 
there's something in the air, and there's the prayers of the saints. But there are others to the latter. To the latter, they are a smell out of life into life. Yes. To the former, a smell out of death into death. All right. To the last ones who are in to be judged guilty, it doesn't smell like life to them. They'll always remember that smell of that parade because when they got to the foot of that hill the emperor said you're guilty and judge them on the spot amen it makes a difference which side of the fence that you're on today amen but we don't smell good to some folks there's no use acting like they like us they never will like us and I'm not saying we shouldn't preach the gospel. I'm just saying there are folks that have decided they don't like the United Pentecostal Church to start with. To those who are being saved, they are an odor out of life into life. But to those who are perishing, they are a smell out of death into death. Praise God. I want to tell you something tonight. As far as this poor boy is concerned, I love the atmosphere of the prayer of the saints of God. Amen. Hallelujah to God. The difference between prayer and praise I mentioned. Praise is a pano, which means to place a value upon something. You can say, he is worth everything to me. You can say he's worth more than all of my family or all of my goods. That's praise. Put a value on it. But prayer is a deponent. Now, a deponent is this. The Greek had a way of writing it. It's something that you do, but it's written as though it's happening to you. It's like going. It's something that you're doing, but while you are going and doing something, something is happening to you at the same time. The difference between Epino and Prasukumai is that when I am praying, it's something I'm doing, but at the same time, something's happening to me. Hallelujah to God. Somebody said, sometimes I don't feel like anything's happening. That's all right. Just keep praying. He's got her in a bottle. Hallelujah to God. I believe he's got every prayer that's ever been prayed in a bottle. Hallelujah to God. Hear me. And I believe in giving honor to whom honor is due. And for anybody that honors me, I should go, I give you all the credit for that. But when we get before the God of all the ages, we're going to see people honored that we never heard their names before. Grandmas that went before God in prayer meetings for revivals. Hallelujah to God. People that didn't have any other way to do but just go to church and be there and pray and pray and pray. Hallelujah to God. The ragged old, shagged old, tired voice of Sister Sue over in the corner who just keeps on praying. Oh, praise God. You better watch what you say about that person praying because God's got every one of them in a bottle. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to preach prayer different to you tonight. It's not something that you have to do. 
It's not something that you ought to do and have a guilt complex if you don't do. I want you to look at prayer from now on different. Every time I pray from now on, it's something that I'm doing, but something is happening to me all the time. Never forget it. Hallelujah to God. Something is going on while I'm praying constantly and consistently. Oh, it feels so cold. My words are into the empty air. Never you mind. Thank God something is happening to you all the time that you're praying. Hallelujah. I hear some of us say now, I include myself, that we don't ask God any longer. We tell God. Your faith's gotten bigger than your britches. Amen. Now, I believe that God gives us power, but I still keep in focus who He is and who I am. Peter said, you're the Messiah. The wheels are to fill. You're the Son of God. Yep, and you're Peter. Never forget that. Amen. Somebody said, by faith, we couldn't command God. You're a fool. He is over all God blessed forever. Somebody says, we don't beg God. I'm sorry, but one of the words for prayer, one of the two or three words, is deomai, which is I beg. Praise God. It is I, I beg. Amen. There is a doctrine that's going around, and some are preaching it, that we are stepping on devils now, and we're going to defeat him, and the Lord's going to come back to this earth, and there's not going to be a rapture. We're getting this world ready for him to come back and rule on it now. I can tear that ten ways from tall. Amen. I don't have time to remind you. Sometime we'll do it. Amen. But I just want to tell you one thing. They come back shouting because demons were subject, and he used me with a present imperative. Stop shouting! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Do we want some correction on shouting? Yeah. I'm for it. I love it. But he said, stop shouting because demons are subject to you. He said, because there's so much of that you don't know about. He said, you didn't know it, but I lifted you up. The word is ep eno, not only up, but up and over. I have lifted you up and over. Snakes, bugs, amen, stinks, amen. You didn't even know it was there. The problem with me rejoicing about what these hands are able to do is I don't know the half of what God does. But while you are thinking and shouting about, bless God, we said get, and he got. While we're doing that, we're forgetting a lot of things we didn't know about. He said, I lifted you up. I believe there are times in my life when there were traps, when there were snares. I didn't know were there. I didn't know was coming. And the Lord just lifted me up. Hallelujah. And I kept walking right above them. And when I got on the other side, all I was able to thank God, I handled one big old devil and a big old burly man over here, and we got him out of the building. Thank he said, stop shouting. It means don't continue the action. Don't keep doing it. Stop shouting because demons are subject unto you because I have given you this authority, exorcian, over bugs, snakes, and all kind of creeping things. Amen. He said, they are not able to unrighteous you. The word is unrighteous. 
They are not able to unrighteous. Don't feel sorry for folks that have been unrighteous. If you're walking with him, he lifts you up where the devil can't unrighteous you before everybody else. Amen? They cannot unrighteous you. But he said, shout rather, because your names have been enrolled in the book of God. It is not written grapho. It is in grapho. It means enrolled as a Roman citizen. That means you don't slap one of them on the street. That means you don't curse one of them. That don't mean you falsely accuse one of them. They're a citizen of Rome in Grafemino. And that is what happens to us because our names have been enrolled in heaven. I may not look like much tonight, but there's more to me than what you think there is. I am a citizen, hallelujah, of another world. Whoa, hallelujah, hallelujah. And we have the aroma of God. That's why folks dismiss you from their presence. They don't like the smell. And there are other folks that say, I wish you'd stay a while. I just love to be around you people. I just love this atmosphere. I just love to be here. You know why? God's getting a hook in their jaw. And that beautiful smell is getting to them. And they say, I've got to have some more of it. It don't smell like a man. It's never touched man. It is a particular expert ingredient that has been compounded and put together by the church of the living God. And it's called prayer. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. I move on. Worlds, worlds, worlds there. Spirit, a sense of smell and a likeness. But it must move on to when it hits the earth. When it hits the earth, it's a different effect altogether. Amen. And the world begins to buck and rule. And they hear the voices that they spurned. I, I, there was an article in some paper, and it was first put out as spurious, and then somebody picked it up as real, and I don't know the truth of it, somewhere in Russia, that there was supposed to be, they drilled so far down that they spun the bit off, lowered a microphone, and they heard screams of people in hell. I don't know whether that's true or not, but I can tell you one thing. For everybody that's left on this world that doesn't stand at attention when the Lord memorializes prayer of the saints in heaven, they're going to know what it sounds like to listen between thunder and lightning and the shaking of the earth beneath their feet and hear voices praising and praying to God Almighty. Amen. Hallelujah. They tell me uh, dear soldier, men, that when a B-52 hits with its bombs, that if you stand in range of it, you watch the ground as it rises and folds and ripples as a 40-foot wave on the ocean, as the earth itself rises and lashes. Said it is, it is effective psychologically to hear and see a B-52. I'm talking about the worst earthquake that ever hit the earth. Wherever island is moved, every mountain is taken out of its place. Praise God. And while the earth is bucking and rolling, there's a sound of voices. Voices that are coming. 
Oh, I'm glad I love that sound. I love Sunday night to hear them in the prayer room. I love them on Wednesday night to any night. I love to approach the door of a saint of God's house and hear prayer coming up behind those walls. We've had people in years gone by evangelistic work that used to pick at the church and say we don't like to wake up in the middle of the night and hear somebody holler glory hallelujah. You better get used to it and you better learn to like it because one of these days you're going to hear it under a different circumstance. But it's going to be while the world is a jumping and a rolling and a shifting around. Somebody said I didn't know prayer could do that. You better know one thing and we better learn and we need to learn one thing about prayer. Don't ever open your mouth to God unless you mean what you're saying because he's got them all in a bottle. Jesus said if you believe you can say to this mountain get up and be thrown into the sea. You're talking about an earthquake my friend when you can pick a mountain up and throw it in the sea. Hallelujah to God. Amen. Did you know that there is something intricately connected between the children of God and the universe? When something happens to the church, the earth begins to reverberate. That's what's going on right now. That's why Jesus on the cross lifted his hands and cried, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Those hands reached heaven. There was something that was personally, intimately connected with that body that was on the cross. And when he cried, why, my help, Peter said in his writings, my help, my strength, why did you leave me? And when he says that, the earth begins to rock. Amen. The sun gets black. Glory to God. And men begin to change your mind about who that is on the cross. And one man stand and said, there's one thing, amen. There's one thing, verily. This was the wheels to feel. This was the Son of God. Hallelujah to God. Let me tell you something. He said, you cannot unrighteous one of these. You can't put your hand to one of them without there being repercussion. Because these hands have stretched before him. And my prayer is like incense before God. And my lifting of hands is like the evening sacrifice. Hallelujah to God. And when the church hill hears the sound of the prayers of the saints of the ages, reverberating through the halls of glory, Earth began to tremble and begins to quake. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Keep me in the three embosies. Keep me in the triumphant parade with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to God. There's some things that don't smell right to me. I'm sorry. I want to be tolerant. But I want to be right. And prayer has got to be expertly blended. Praise God. Never put it on a human being. Shall we confess tonight? There's too much of us in the way. I don't know how much you think you know. I know sometimes I think I think I know how much I know. But that doesn't amount to the snap of your finger. What has meant something to God is when I came in and said, Lord, I'm not fit for anything. If you'll do something with me. 
I'll serve you. It smells good to God. Hallelujah. Don't come in and tell God how long you've been a deacon. I don't believe him anyhow. Don't come in and tell God how long you've been doing this, that, or the other. When you come before him, God, I'm a man. There's no good in this flesh. And there's a sweet smell that will go all the way to the front. Preaching years ago when I was a gospel cadet, Brother Beckton, you remember when I was a gospel cadet? Oh, glory. You ought to know what Brother Beckton was when I was a gospel cadet. Amen. But, but we was having people get the Holy Ghost coming out of the church, getting on the front porch, and God choose that moment to fill them with the Holy Ghost. And then start speaking in tongues, disturbing the neighbors, something awful. Get in their car and start driving down the street, and the Lord choose that moment to fill them with the Holy Ghost. Just pull over the curb. Hallelujah. Go ahead and get the Holy Ghost and shout. Who was it in your church, Brother Kilgore? Got the Holy Ghost. The cop stopped him that night. That's right, Barnett. Driving home, the cop stopped him. Came up the window. He'd been driving too fast. Said, Sir, you're driving too fast. He said, Officer, have you ever had the Holy Ghost? Well, he said, he said, it's wonderful. I've been, I've been seeking for a long time, but I finally got it tonight. Hallelujah. How long, brother? 13 years I've been seeking the Holy Ghost, and I finally got it all blended together tonight. I got it all right. Officer, I'm driving too fast because I got the Holy Ghost tonight. He said, I may be the biggest fool that ever was, but I believe you. <laughs> Hallelujah to God. Nobody can unrighteous you. If you'll thank God for the right thing. Let's quit thanking God for all the great things our hands have done. And let us turn to Him and give God the glory. Let your prayer go up tonight before God. Don't let it be praise. Don't thank God you whipped the devil on the street corner. Let prayer go up tonight. God, I need you. Amen. We've had some victories, but I need some more. Hallelujah. God, we won some battles, but I'm still in a fight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm so grateful I've never been on the thunder side of prayer. I've never been on the thunder side. I've always been on the silent prayer. Hallelujah. And I don't mean we got to be, I don't mean it's quiet. I mean that God honors prayer. That's what I'm saying. I've seen folks praying at breakneck speed. Hallelujah to God. I've seen them praying. I knew when they were running faster than they were supposed to be able to run. Now that I got the Holy Ghost grandma they brought to the altar, well, arthritis had to bring her in a straight-back chair. She couldn't walk. But when I got the Holy Ghost, a 12-year-old kid, she came out of that chair, and she began to dance in the presence of God. Hallelujah. There's a lot of prayers I could talk about tonight. I do not want to speak as one who has the greatest emblem of prayer. 
I do not, I do not propose to you or want you to think that I am the one to mimic in all prayer. But if I'm ever saved, it'll be because that I have known men in my lifetime who knew how to pray. And they condemn me as I stand in this pulpit tonight. Some of them are dead and gone. Preach a revival for them, come down to work on the church in the churchyard, come in and pray an hour, go out and work 30 minutes, come back in and pray an hour. Hallelujah to God. Amen. I know men that prayer was an aura around them. There was a smell connected with them. Praise God. The pal sojourner introduced me to a man walking down Dublin Street. He said, see that man? Yes, sir. One day they called for me, the first patient of Dublin Hospital, home of the world's champion rodeo. He was dying with no hope in the hospital gangrene. He said they called me. I was working in my garden. He said, I got down. I went to the uh, hospital just like I was in my garden clothes. I went in. The man just kind of motioned toward his head. He said, I prayed. I walked right back out. And just went on back to the garden, kept hoeing. Little bit the call came, the man was dead. And he said, somehow or another, it didn't bother me. He said, when I started out, I knew it wasn't me anyhow. I couldn't raise a sick cat. But I'm going to tell you what, it wasn't 20 minutes after that that the man's wife drove up in the car alongside the garden and jumped out and started running across the bus to beds and began to cry. And after you left 20 minutes from then, my husband sat up right in bed and began to call for you. I've known men who prayed all the time. I don't mean it was hanging across the altar and gossiping with somebody on the other side. Amen. And I have nobody to knock about prayer, especially who I am and the way I am. But there's one thing about it I've got an understanding that's hit me right in the heart. And that is the best thing about me is how I'm able to pray. If I can. It was a great prayer David Ben-Gurin prayed May 14, 1948, the day I got the Holy Ghost. Israel was made a nation. When the announcement was made, put on his yarmulke, they all stood. This was the prayer. Baruch Atah Adonai Elohim Melech Haolam Shehikian, Vihikian, Vihikian, Lazman Hazar. Blessed be the Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us life, has sustained us, and has brought us to this season of return. The first words after Israel became a nation. That was a great prayer, but heaven doesn't stand at attention. For the Baruchs and for the Shema. Shema Yisrael Adonai, Elohim Adonai Echad, hear O Israel, the Lord our eternal is one. Yes. God. That's a great prayer. I took some Sephardi Hebrew. I'd had Ashkenazi earlier, but Sephardi Hebrew, ever class professor. Rabbi would begin by showing us the Tetragrammaton, the four words for God, are not pronounced. They pray to a God whose name we do not know. The unpronounceable name. 
And the only way we come out with Jehovah, which is really should be more correctly Yahweh, is you take uh, the vows that belong under Adonai, earthly Lord, and put them under the Tetragrammaton, and you come out roughly with Yahweh. I agreed with him every service, every lesson he taught. He one day spoke out, he couldn't stand it no more. He said, M.D., he said, I see you agree with me on the tetragrammaton and the pronouncement of the name that we don't know. I said, I agree with you. He said, how can you do that? I said, because I pray Shema Yisrael Adonai Elohina Adonai Echad. I believe there is just one God. He said, you don't believe that's three? I said, no, sir. I believe. Somebody said you're a cult because you don't believe in three. Then God Almighty was a cult because he says, I'm one. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That was a great prayer. He said, how do you know his name? I said, what is your abbreviation of the Tetragrammaton? Two yoths with Shema under it, which would be Yah. I said, what is salvation? He said, Shua. Look in your Bible where Yah would be salvation. And you come out with Joshua. Joshua. Or Jesus, hallelujah to God, if you want to put it in. He said, in all of my life, I have never heard it done that way before. I said, his name is no secret to us. He has revealed it to us because for the first time, Yah has become salvation. Did you hear me? Yah has become salvation. Hallelujah. It is not Yah's canoe, our righteousness. It is now Yah has become salvation. for you to pray. Amen. Would you say something to him in prayer? I don't mean praise. Prayer. Dear God, who am I? While you're standing and I'm finishing, Brother Sammy Stewart, are you here? Where's Brother Sammy Stewart? Would you come, please, just for a moment? I, I'm going to embarrass you just a moment, but I believe you love me well enough to come to the front. Hallelujah. We know not what to pray for. It is not how, it's what. I heard Brother Dudley one time say that a grandma or mother got up one morning to do her dishes. Her son, who was unsaved, went to work that day driving a truck. While she was washing the dishes, she was in prayer and she began to speak in tongues. When she spoke in tongues, she was inside of a cab. And this cab was going down a long hill, icy slope. At the bottom was a dangerous curve that could not be negotiated. And she spoke in tongues until she and that truck got around the curve. We don't know what to pray for. He's lifted us above things that we don't even know about. When the sun come in that afternoon, said, Mama, let me tell you what happened today. She said, let me tell you. She described the hill, she described the breaks, the icy conditions, and how that he negotiated that steep decline and turn. We know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit helps our weaknesses. It helps me because I don't know. I'm not omniscient. I can't see everything I don't know. It helps my uh, ability. Thank God. And it starts making groanings that I can't understand. I have to pray for a door of words. The word utterance is logos.
pray for the door of words. Hallelujah. But don't put it down, Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. Hallelujah. Some years ago, I went to the doctor, just felt like I needed these things. Doctor examined my eyes, said, Reverend, you've got rapid growing cataracts on your eyes. Said they're young man's cataracts. I'm glad he said that. It made me feel so much better. But he said, I'll have to remove the right one within a year's time. No, uh, won't put you to sleep. We'll just, just a simple operation, take it off. Fine. I've been operated on 20 times. Didn't bother me. When they started to roll me into the operating room, they put something in my eye that I was highly allergic to. And the moment it hit your eye is the end of your brain. When that hit my eye, I came off that table. And I literally screamed. And the worst horror descended on me that could ever be imagined. I said, Doc, I don't know what's wrong, but something's happening. I don't know what it is. He said, what does it feel like? I said, I gotta get out of here! It's a panic reaction. I'd had enough psychology and psychiatry to know what, what that was like. I said, I gotta get out of here. I'm about to explode. My head is coming off. He said, I don't know what's wrong. You're very allergic to this. I'll go ahead and put you to sleep put me to sleep, but when I came out from the operation, my family said I was groaning. And that horror was still with me. It stayed with me for a long time, weeks. Finally sent me to Houston so they could use laser on a bit of tissue that had been moved. Right before they used the laser on my eye, they put the same stuff in my eye again. My wife was with me, and I nearly felt like jumping out of the building. We was up high. I could see out. I don't know what they're putting in my eye, but it's killing me. And a horror descended. And I'm not told only a very small circle about this. I went home. Things got a little better. One night I went coon hunting. I coon hunt for a living. I, uh, preach on the side. And, uh, thank you, Brother Tenney. I finally confessed. But I come in that night, everything was fine. Dogs had run real well. And old blues, true. When I came in, there was a chill came over me. And that same horror came over me. And it stayed with me for two months. Never left me. I would go to church and I'd try to have service and I'd have to quit and go home. I'd leave. My son would take the service and go. They finally found a doctor that was an expert in the effect of one medicine against another one. They sent me to him. And I've not told my family this, but I'm telling you tonight. He said, Reverend, do you ever feel like ending your life? I said, I've never told anybody, but that's the first thought. He said, it's always the first thought. He said, it is an anticholinergic reaction, encephalopathia medicinally induced. Knowing Greek, I knew it meant head damage.
they gave me a bottle of that stuff to take home to put in my eye every four hours. And I kept putting it in my eye. And every time I was doing it, I was damaging my brain. It's all over for me. Some people know how to cheer you up, you know. They learn Greek and Hebrew and then put something in your eye and you forget it all. I cannot describe to you what I went through. I prayed, I, I told him, I said, I cannot, I do not believe in him in my life. He said, that's always the first reaction. They have damaged your brain. And began to tell me what the possibilities was. I went home. Saturday came. I went to church to study for Sunday morning. And I turned from my desk to the bookshelf behind me, and it hit me. And I bent over, and all I could think of to say was like Hagar. You remember when she was cast out? And all she had was a cruise of water and a dying boy on her arms. He was dying of thirst. She just cast him under a juniper bush. And this is what she said, Thou God seest me. I said, Thou God seest me. The phone rang, and from across the waters came a voice. Brother Sammy Stewart said, Brother Trace, I just got on a plane in Guyana. Said, the moment I sat down in the seat, God impressed me that you were in terrific need. I preached a prophecy conference some years ago for him, but we were not friends that call one another every week. I love him more now than ever. But he said, God impressed me that you needed prayer. He said, we were buckling in to take off. He said, all I had time for was just to bend over. And I prayed for you. I said, I'll have to call you back. I was sobbing so that I couldn't finish the conversation on the phone. I'll call you back. I composed myself and I called it back. I got it from that chair. Totally healed by the presence and the power of God. Hallelujah. The greatest prayer I ever knew. Brother Stewart, would you come here? I want to hug you in front of this general conference, if you'll let me. I'm not making over a man. I'm making over a God that he knows.
I know your way. I know your bending. I have been with you in your weaknesses, and you have known my spirit. I come to you, and I speak to your heart, and there are times that you bend, but there are times when you don't know me. Touch me, for I'm the same. Reach me, for I'm here. Say the word, for I listen. make this the biggest altar in the world 70,000 seat auditorium let's make it a Pentecostal altar tonight preachers come forward if you can if you can't kneel in the aisle kneel between your seats but we need to humble ourselves before God